You are now listening to the Dynasty Rewind. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Dynasty Rewind. I'm your host, Michael Bauer. The best in the business is once again back in business. Joined, as always, by my faithful co-host down there. We got Nate, the Professor Christian. What's up, Nate? <laughs> How you doing, Mike? I'm doing pretty good. Good. Good, good. Good. And good. joining us for the second time this week, we got our very own Bob, the Bobcat Van Duzer. What's up, Bob? Not much, boys. I'm ready to get into some more strategy. As always, it's some of my favorite things to talk about. Game theory, strategy, helping you win your leagues outside of the player analysis. Mm-hmm. You know, because anybody can have a take on any player anywhere, anytime. But strategy, at the end of the day, is ultimately pretty unique. Yeah, you're right. Like some people think Drake London is the best wide receiver in fantasy football. It's true. Some people do think that. I'm I'm not ready for the YouTube comments for when he's a wide receiver two this year. Mm. <laughs> I'm not ready. as opposed to him being a wide receiver three and the wide receiver 31 yep. overall last year. Yeah. Can you imagine how bad they're going to be when he's a wide receiver two oh, and how man. good he is now? And wow. how wide receiver 20. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Glad I paid two good... mid first round picks for that guy. But imagine how good he's going to be next year when Atlanta's picking at 16 and they don't move on from Desmond yeah. Ritter again. Oh, it's going to be so awesome. And they just run the ball 40 times a game. Ooh, nothing gets me more excited for fantasy football. I do want to say we did an audit a while ago. I'm sorry, I cannot remember whose it was. Um, But one of the talking points in the notes section there, payup.com forward slash Dynasty Rewind, if you want an audit, Bob will do it for you. Um, Sure. They said, I really want Drake London. And my response was, why? (laughs) He's not going to help you. You're going to have to pay too much. You're getting your team audited, so you know you need help. Here are some better options that you can do that will actually, you know, score points and not cost you an arm and a leg. Yeah, the, the issue with the issue with Drake London has always been cost. You know, the player is fine. I don't think any of us hate the player, nope. you know, to a nope. degree. But when you're when you're saying that like two mid first round picks and superflex is buying low, I don't know what you're doing. Like that's Jameer Gibbs or JSN and Jordan Addison slash Safe Flowers. Like Easy decision for me, but we digress. Let's move on. Let's get to the strategy, boys. We do digress and move on. We shall because today we are talking about what to do after your rookie draft. Mm. So the beautiful, beautiful rookie draft is now over. The honeymoon period has begun. You're looking at your beautiful roster and your hall. By the way, I love seeing rookie drafts. I want to be like, look what I did. Yes, I want to see. I want to see DM me on Discord, patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Rewind is the best way to get a hold of me. But look, what are we doing? Are we making any moves? Are we holding Pat? You need to know what to do after the draft, too. It's like surviving a nuclear war. Probably not as extreme, but let's I get into not. it. <laughs> Nate loves going first, so we're going to switch it up and go with him first this time. Nate, what is the first thing you were doing after your rookie drafts are over? First thing I'm doing is looking at those sweet, beautiful, gray cutouts on my roster. And I'm just so happy to have them. Like, look at those little faceless players in my roster. Gosh, they just make everything better. <laughs> but you know what? Those little gray faces, I want them on my bench, most likely. Yes. I want them on my bench. I don't want those little gray faces in my starting lineup. They're, we, we have Justin Jefferson. We have Jamar Chase. But those are outliers. And we have rookies that do produce the rookie season. But it's not week one. 
It's not week four usually where they become consistent producers. It's not till after the bye week usually, you know, into the second half of the season that some of those top rookies are becoming consistent week to week fantasy producers. But many of them do struggle to take off from the first four or six weeks. And some don't even have that incredible of seasons the rookie year. Sometimes it takes two or three years for a player to develop into what they're going to become. You know, this is this is a what have you done for me recently kind of league, but players need to be given more than one year to develop and show out in the NFL. So if I'm seeing those little gray faces in my starting lineup, I'm wondering how can I bridge the gap between when this player is going to actually be productive for my starting lineup? It's great. We spend, spend the offseason trying to make sure that we are drafting good rookies. We're trying to make sure that we're setting up our team for success long term. But now that the rookie draft is over, we got to start looking at setting a lineup. We still probably have a couple months to go. We have some time to make some moves. If we don't have our full starting lineup right now, that's okay. We have some time. But we want to start looking at that now so we can start to get some moves together that are going to fill up that lineup. Maybe we drafted a wide receiver in the back half of the first who has a lot of potential, but maybe isn't in a great spot to start and score a lot of fantasy points the rookie year. For example, Quentin Johnston has a huge mm-hmm. ceiling, but with Mike Williams and Keenan Allen in front of him, it might take, you know, till the end of the season or a couple injuries and before he actually starts producing. So what can I do to get points between now and then? That way, you know, when those players become available, that are those bridge players, you can pounce. When those players hit the trade block, you can go throw a 20, you know, the next year's second round pick, the next year's third round pick. You can watch this video any year, five years ago, any year, five years from now. Brandon Cooks is the answer. He's a wide receiver you can pick up for cheap and he'll score you fantasy points. He's always the answer. Brandon Cooks. Other guys like that. I, I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, don't want to don't count him out. Yeah, but, it's true. But Nate, I, I, real quick, I just want to touch on it. I love this point, and I think it's important to note too. Like, where are you at as a team? You know, do you even need to worry about adding that starting piece? Because rebuilding, rebuilding teams don't necessarily need to. But then also, just keeping in mind, like we are all always very excited about rookies, and tend to have the rose-colored lenses that they're going to produce year one. And they'll have games where they pop off and show you why they were highly drafted in the NFL, highly drafted mm-hmm. rookie drafts, all these things. But you touched on the point of like, when are they actually going to be consistent? And that's, you know, when you don't feel good about them in your lineup. You know, if you're a competitive team, you know, maybe you don't need these guys till the end of the season anyway, you know, mm-hmm. which is when they're most likely to be doing their thing and popping off because they, you know, have that time to get acclimated and go through their their growing pains and things like that. But Love this point. Love the concept of not necessarily having to rely on them and finding that stopgap between the, the rookie production that we want or that player's eventual production and where they're likely going to be day one. Yeah. One thing to add, Nate makes a great point. You're looking to start, you know, setting a starting lineup soon, but not yet. And here's why mm-hmm. I say mm-hmm. this. There are going to be people that try to pressure you into making bad trades, saying things like, you don't have this or you need that. Now, if your rookie draft is a week before the season starts, I can understand that concept. Yeah. But there is a lot of things that can happen between now and the time that you need to submit a finalized roster or start a starting lineup. At least two players will tear their ACL. Exactly. There's, there's mini camps, there's rookie camps, there's training camp, there's preseason. There's a lot of things that happen. Guys that are highly tatted now can get a coach's doghouse, get pushed down the depth chart so a lot of things happen let's remain calm and not make any bad moves hi bob 
Well, I just want to build on that so, point even more because it's a great point. You so don't need to worry about setting you, you. Well, hey, why not? You know, we're I here to it. group discuss this thing. You know, it. you don't you don't have to set a starting lineup till week one. You don't have to worry about that. Or and some I think leagues, some people don't even put in starting lineups from what I've seen. <laughs> depending on depending on where you're at, absolutely. Yeah. But I, I think the great point there too is that you know, trying to work you into a bad value trade because you have a, a hole to fill. Yeah. Just because you have a hole at a position on your lineup doesn't make the need to fill that hole any greater value. Like you should not overpay to fill a hole in your lineup, to fill out a better starting lineup. You should still always be seeking appropriate value, appropriate market value you know, a little premium to go get your guy, but you should never have that in mind where it's like, well, man, if I get this one spot filled, may as well sell the farm for it. Unless it's like, you know, obviously if it's Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, whatever, fine. But, right. you know, keep that in mind too. When you're looking to fill your lineup, still look for the best value pieces that you can get. You know, when you're moving, when you're willing to move one piece, what's the best value piece you can get? That's always the name of the game when it comes to, filling roster slots and things like that. I agree. And Bob, what is your next thing that you were doing post-draft? So I have issues when I don't get things I want. Mm-hmm. And I think this boils... after I have issues. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> true. Amen. I, I, <laughs> I, we I love you, Bob. It, 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 boils, it boils down to my OCD, and I want some of these rookies, dang it. And that short list, it's burning if I miss any of them. I want to go get these guys. I'm kicking the tires on the rookies I wanted, but think it's draft. You know, and how much were these rookies actually wanted when they were drafted? You know, think about things like, you know, in one draft, I drafted Rashi Rice at the top of the third round because of value. Immediately tried to move Rashi Rice for another player that was drafted a little later to try to, you know, get a little value flip there. You know, and ended up moving Jonathan Mingo, who I drafted earlier, for Marvin Mims, plus a second round pick or a, a second and third round pick flip next year. You and they, this this is the trade I discussed with you. I, you know, I yeah. mean, I basically drafted two players. Yeah. I drafted the one player, Mingo, and then was like, well, I want to move Rice. Wasn't able to move Rice. Still have Rice. Oh, well, I guess. Still going to have a good value, so it's okay. But was able to then go kick the tires on, you know, diversifying my revenue or my asset pool a little bit and then get more assets on top. So I think, you know, not everybody that's drafted is like drafted because they love that player. Some players are just drafted because of need. Some players are drafted because of they feel like that's the best value on the board. Yep. That's a real thing. So I'm, I'm kicking the tires on those guys. And, you know, now that we're the rookie draft is kind of passed, there's a value flip coming again where the where veteran players, when you have to go to looks to start your setting lineup or set your starting lineup, veterans are going to be a little more valuable again, especially for teams that maybe drafted those kind of players that I really want still that need more startable assets consistent startable assets so i'm looking to kick those tires on the rookies i wanted but didn't get to draft because i want them dang it i want to get them on my roster i want to get them as much as i can especially if i wasn't able to get them elsewhere you know if i was you know if i get them in a couple leagues i'm okay i don't need them in every single league as much as i want them but i'm looking to do that as much as i can because you know when you believe in rookies you should go get your guy and when you believe in the players you go get your guy especially when you believe in you know, very high aspirations for that player at the end of the day. I do agree. My guy last year was Greg Dulcich. I tried to get him like everywhere. And, you know, here's a good thing to do. If you can't get your guy this year, get your last year's guy if you couldn't get him. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now might be a good time to go get a guy that you couldn't get last year. Like LaVisca Chenault. 
I can pick him up so cheap right now. It's awesome. <laughs> I used to spend a first round pick on that guy. Yeah. Best value hmm. available. Post type sleepers. Fifth round pick that you're willing yes, to move. Post is- type sleepers. He is great value because he's a Walmart brand wide receiver. Um, for oh, me, yeah. after, the draft, after the draft, I'm looking to 2024. Look, you know, like why, why wait? Way I see it, I'm looking at 2024. And if you head on over to patreon.com forward slash dinosaur rewind, you would have already listened to our preview of the 2024 rookie class. So mm-hmm. get there. Who or what can I move to get 2024 draft capital? 2024 class may be too far ahead for some players and by some players i mean some dynasty players they like to keep it in a smaller window they're just thinking about the now and i completely understand and respect that so i want to start thinking about next year now i want to load up on picks that's what i want to do especially if i think my team's going to be bad then i want to move some guys who i don't think are going to do much beyond this year get them off my roster and get that 2024 draft capital but you know for those of you living in the now the best move you can make before your rookie draft is to get yourself a copy of the first ever dynasty rewind rookie draft guide in this guide you will gain access to our film grades player insights and dynasty outlooks for every player we believe will be fantasy relevant this year and beyond additionally you will get access to several written pieces such as things you need to know before you draft draft trends and strategies Courtesy of our very own Bob Van Duzer, rookie sleepers, rookies to draft at your own risk, our guys, and drum roll, a 2024 rookie preview. You receive over 70 pages of beautiful content sent right to your phone or computer or tablet, whatever you use. So check it out today at payhip.com forward slash dynasty rewind. And while you're there, get yourself a team audit done by Bob and a rookie draft consult maybe done by Bob or somebody else. Don't hesitate. Don't wait. And if you want even more access to myself, Nate Christian and our intern slash producer, Sean Fournier, patreon.com forward slash dinosaur rewind. Hope to see you there. Nate, let's get back to it. Mm-hmm. What is another thing that you are doing while you're cuddling with your recently completed rookie draft? Yes. I'm cuddling with those little gray faces over there and mm-hmm. I'm starting to look forward to the next next great phases. I want to expand upon your point, Mike. So you're talking about, you know, getting that 2024 draft capital. Yep. Now's the time to do it. You're going to even get it even cheaper midseason. Um, but we want to start looking that way if that's the timeline of our team. But knowing the timeline of our team, how does the positional strengths of our team and the timeline of those positions match up with the upcoming classes? And what I mean by that is last year was a great draft to need wide receivers. Because yeah. you could have picked up a bunch of wide receivers. We this got class, spoiled, dude. This class we yeah. thought was going to be the running back class, and the NFL draft just crushed it. Um, so sometimes, you know, you can project out, but, hey, it's football, it's football, it's sports, it's life. Sometimes things change like this draft. But this draft class, great tight end class. And actually ended up being a pretty decent wide receiver class, and I would argue that, you know, you got a couple of decent quarterbacks at the top as well. So knowing the strengths of each class can really help you with knowing your timeline for your team and building your draft capital and your positions around that. So, for example, if you're going after 2024 first next year and you need quarterbacks, it's probably going to work out pretty well for you. you got Caleb Williams, Drake May out there. They look like top tier guys. Could have been QB1 in this draft, either one of those guys. Um, you know, you got a top wide receiver, basically the Bijan of wide receivers in next year's class, Marvin Harrison Jr. I mean, and there's and there's a deep running back class next year. We'll see if the NFL draft wants to uh, crush them as well. But lots of talent there. So 
you, you look at these classes and you start to understand, you don't have to get super into college football because that's a whole world. And I understand you don't want to watch games on Saturday. Maybe, maybe for some reason you don't want more football in your life because maybe you have responsibilities like family and work and stuff like that. Priorities, man. Yeah. I mean, come on, but you don't have to dive deep into the world of college football to just understand the top prospects of each class. You don't have to know the, the top 50 of each class. Just who are like the top five quarterbacks, the top five running backs, top five wide receivers. What are those guys? And how does the NFL draft Knicks projecting already feel about them? You got guys already dropping way too early 2024 mock drafts. I know we're going to drop one here soon. And knowing that that kind of gives you an idea of what is coming next year. Things change as always, but I will tell you what the draft community and the scouting community within college football, it's better than it has ever been before and is more predictive than it has ever been before. Uh, Josh Pate, I'm always going to um, throw some Josh Pate in there. He's a great over with his show, The Late Kick. They went over how many players were 24-7 five-star recruits coming out of high school and your chances of getting drafted in the first round. It's incredible how good the recruiting is, the scouting from recruiting in high school, scouting through college into the NFL draft. We have more data points than ever before. So knowing the future, it's easier than ever before. Make sure you're paying attention. We should do a 2024 all tight end mock. Ooh, no, it's not going to be as deep as it was this year. <laughs> well, we've Black said Bowers, that before. Done. Remember, we heard for like two years, the only guy you need to worry about is Michael Mayer. Hey, I like some guys at the Brock Bowers next year. Yo, who's that guy Dave, that I like from Davion Sanders. Sanders. Uh, you like Benjamin Eurosec. Uh, like we'll we'll see about him. Michael Trigg is out there. Jaheim Bell. There's some names. Yeah. Gonna do it up. We're gonna do it up. And yes, I love that. Um, I believe Ian Cummings. Did he release a 2024 tour? Yeah, month? I think he's already released two already. Yeah, he's a guy oh, who I love his work. Trust him. He's been a guest on here before. Yep. Um, if you ever want a guest on the show, no. So. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Kidding. I'm kidding. We would love to have Andy Holloway back on. Uh, Bob, what is another thing that you were doing post draft? Oh, also, I want to add one thing. Don't forget about Devin Leary and Bo Nix next year, too, and Peyton Thorne. There you go. That quarterback class. (sighs) Let's go. Bob, what else are you doing post draft, buddy? I do want to add on an eights point really quick. And this is, I have to credit Zach with, I have to credit Zach with making this point of always making a point to, line up whatever your need is with the strengths of the draft that you're investing into. Mm-hmm. You know, if this, you know, the plan would have been this year to make running back your need. And if you were able to draft at the top of the draft, you were still okay. You know, that wasn't too detrimental to you. If you had seconds, you maybe had to pivot to wide receivers, but draft those wide receivers, turning them into running backs later. But, you know, having whatever your team need is match up with the strength of the class is just always good process to consistently make your team better. If you can do that, if you, and you need to have that pulse on the class of how the class is going to look to be able to do stuff like that. And it's best suited for like rebuilds. And then when you're coming out of your rebuild, you know, it's going to be a good running back class load up, but getting into my next point, And this is just basically boiled down to roster management, roster size management. You know, we discussed before the draft and during the draft that, if you amassed a bunch of draft capital, you had a bunch of stashes. Now it's time to make cuts. You don't necessarily have to make them before the season, but if you ever want to start a set a starting lineup again, you're going to have to make some cuts to uh, be within those roster limits. But how can I get within those roster limits as a, as value efficiently as possible? I don't want to have to cut anybody 
that I'm confident somebody else is going to spend $2 fab on to go get out, get off on the waivers, get pick up off the waivers. There we go. You know, two days later after waivers clear, I don't want to do any of that. I want to make sure I'm getting the most value I can, even if it's a fifth round pick next year, a fourth round pick next year, a fourth round pick two years from now, if I'm going to cut them anyway, and you know, hopefully that's not too clear to the league. So you have some leverage in the deal. If I can pick flip, you know, a fourth and fifth round pick, I don't get a straight up pick, whatever the case is, you know, moving quarterback handcuffs. If teams are valuing them in super flex, obviously you're not going to be able to get that done in one quarterback running back handcuffs though. If, if I have running back handcuffs that aren't mine, I just, I don't play that game. That's just Mm -hmm. not something I like to do. If I have a, a running back, that's another team's handcuff. I'm going to try to get it to that team for some value prop one way or another. Um, but keep in mind, this is tough because everyone is probably over the limit unless they didn't have many draft picks. Um, you know, you have to figure 60 players, you know, in a five-round draft, 12 team, were just added to 12 rosters across the league. However, that spread out is how it's spread out. But so you have to make sure it's value efficient for them as well. It has to make sense. But you are going to have those people, like I mentioned before, like the Jalen Nailers of the world that are just cut fodder. You need to be able to make that designation of, you know, if I cut this guy, nobody's probably going to pick him up anyway. So if that's the case, those are guys that get lumped into the cut pool. See you later. Go figure it out. But after rookie drafts, it's important to monitor that there are going to be people who neglect this concept of trying to make the best value moves to get some value back for players you're trying to cut or, you know, roster restrictions you're trying to uphold. Players are going to get cut. Rookies are going to get cut. Players who shouldn't be cut are going to get cut. When rookies that should have been drafted – that didn't just because they're flying under the radar are going to be out there too. Not every draft is five rounds either. You know, there's plenty of three round drafts out there, which I can respect with how some of these draft classes pan out anyway. And the rest are just fantasy UDFAs after that. I'm fine with, but you know, you have to keep in mind that there's going to be players out there, especially in, you know, not to be niche, but like IDP leagues, there's always players available in IDP leagues after the rookie draft, even if they're five or six rounds, there's still players available. So Keep that in mind. Keep an eye on who's getting cut. There's going to be a lot of activity in the chat, so you really have to, you know, sleeper is really great. You can filter transactions to see who's been dropped in a certain time frame, who's been dropped in the last month and a half, whatever. You can filter all that out. Be very diligent about seeing who's being dropped. Make those drops, make those pickups happen from other teams' mistakes. Get those stashes on your roster before they get on somebody else's or before that player pops off or a news blurb comes out Mm -hmm. that Izzy Abanaconda is the number one backup to Brees Hall this year. You know, things like that. Make sure you're being due diligent about that if, say, he were to make it through a three-round draft or a four-round draft. Yeah. Be diligent about things like that. Be mindful of what's still kicking around after the draft because you could argue draft ain't over, the offseason ain't over, not time to tune out. It's time to tune in that much more. Get your work done so the regular season is that much easier for you later. Yeah, and I kind of I kind of marry Bob's point here a little bit, you know, being just conscientious about how you deal with your roster after the draft too. I'm looking for value. I'm going to take this time to see who's been cut or what's out there on the wire, who wasn't drafted, and I'm looking for really, really good value here. Now's a good time to fill out your running back or wide receiver three or flex position. Or maybe a couple taxi stashes, guys that, like Bob said, under the radar type guys that just slip through the cracks somehow. You know, people get excited about a guy you think can make some noise in camp. Maybe if a couple people get moved around, 
he could be a good prospect for you. But um, it's all about the value. I end up somehow making a lot of trades after my rookie draft every year. That tends to be my most active time for trades. For whatever reason, people are just a little more motivated um, to move things. I don't know. Um, like last year, after my rookie draft, I traded for Christian Kirk. Oh, nice. Yeah. So um, he's a player I still kind of want to get my hands on because everyone's like, oh, Calvin Ridley's there. I do think that uh, Trevor Lawrence can support multiple wide receivers. Yeah. Well, he's never done it. Well, he's never had really good wide receivers <laughs> to throw to, in all fairness. So, <laughs> yep. That's, uh, so I want to scoop up some value after my draft. That's what I'm looking to do. Smart move. Bob, you got me all strategy out, man. I don't know if I'm I could sorry. do it. I got it's one more like, thing I want to add, too. I'm not done. No, that's Never. Cool. I'm done, Mike. You give Bob. me a half hour to record a video. I'm taking the half hour to record a video. <laughs> so I, I just want to bring up uh, I just want to bring up Nate's point again about taxi squad, about using that mindfully and what you need it for. You know, if you're a rebuilding team, putting players on there that you know you're going to keep throughout the year, more valuable than putting actual like stash designated players. You know, but if you're a competitive team, putting tight ends on there, especially ones mm-hmm. that aren't likely yes. to produce early, a lot of times my taxi squad is just a tight end farm. Same, and, and I much. think I think a lot of people do that, and I think that's a pretty regular practice. But oh, you, you think know, a lot of people do that, Bob? <laughs> <laughs> we know. I'm sure yours. I'm sure yours look a little rough. Um, if I'm being totally honest, Kenny Eboa type stuff. <laughs> no, actually, actually, I'm gonna say this: there is a league where I was cutting a lot of my guys and pork texts me. And he's like, this must be really hard for you. I'm like, you know what? Just leave me alone. I need a minute. I was cutting like Rough. Kenny Yaboa, Kylan Hill, the Michael P Ryan. Like yeah. I'm cutting all these guys. Like um, who is that wide receiver? That was, that was like a UDF Cornell Powell. I was cutting all my yes. Cornell oh, Powell shares. Like Cornell Powell. Like, Taps was playing in the background. In my house. <laughs> <laughs> How'd you guys get in here? But yeah, I'm sorry, Bob. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, you're good. But like, you know, we've discussed with somebody like Sean Tucker is somebody who I would not throw on a taxi squad because I think mm. we we're going to know yeah. what he's going to be pretty quickly. If he, I think we're going to know if he's going to be a Justin Ross or if he's going to be somebody like, you know, an Austin Eckler who has not necessarily that type of rise or anything like that, but is able to be utilized early immediately somebody mm-hmm. that's worth holding on to and but otherwise i want to keep that spot available that taxi squad spot available for somebody i know i'm keeping um and then have it available have my bench available if i need to cut sean tucker or if i need to cut these other guys that are random people that if i'm rebuilding i'd rather have the flexibility of my roster and even if i'm contending in this case i probably would just keep sean tucker around off of my taxi squad and find other pieces to put on there that are you know, those tight ends, those wide receivers that might need yeah. a little time, especially if I have a deeper wide receiver room. That's what I did in one league last year. You know, and one league it worked out really well. I had like Rashad White on my taxi squad for a while. Nice. And I knew he was going to take a little while, and I was just kind of biding my time. Eventually had a – I don't remember who it was, but I had a player who I felt like was not going to be good after like week four. And then that player wasn't good anymore. Cut them, brought up Rashad White. You know, using your taxi squad, if you have one, to the best of your abilities is a low-key strategy that I don't think enough people talk about. Um, You know, it's not just for stashing players. And, you know, there's good ways to really get a lot more value out of your taxi squad than just having a spot to stash players that aren't scoring you points. 
Bob, how many Kyron Williams shares do you have on your taxi squads right now? I think I have one. That seems low for you. I'm I'm better at adjusting than some people in this stream yard room at the moment. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Sean, he's talking about you. Sean is such a my guy guy. <laughs> when like, when oh, Kyron look. runs when he's he like, runs a oh. four six and gets drafted in the fifth, I'm gonna pivot. He's like, oh, the yeah. Patriots drafted a five foot seven wide receiver. Deal. <laughs> All right. So, hey, if you are looking for another good deal and you want to go see a concert, Taylor Swift or Trace Atkins or whoever you chose, Morgan Wallen. Not Morgan Wallen. Not Morgan Wallen. Just cancel the store. He's no, going to the Dynasty Rewind at SeatGeek.com for $20 off your first order. Thank you to whoever used our code. We did get the email about that. Play some best ball with our very own Dan Rozier. UnderdogFantasy.com. Use the promo code Rewind for 100% match off your first deposit up to $100. Patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Rewind. Don't be a coward. Join the best community in fantasy football today. Now offering a 10% discount for yearly membership signups. All that good stuff and more. Payhip.com forward slash Dynasty Rewind. Rookie guide. Rookie Draft Consult, and a team audit done by our very own Bob Van Duzer. But until next time, for Nate and Bob, I'm your host, Michael Bauer. Be kind. Please rewind. Bye, Sean.